You're perfect. You do okay. your thing. Okay. Um, okay. Hello, gentle listeners. Hello again. Welcome back to Wish You All the Best, a personal podcast about modern dating from the perspective of a man who goes to therapy. Uh, I am Scott, uh, a man who goes to therapy. Um, and uh, I have uh, I have Taylor back, uh, our, my first return guest, and I'm very excited to have her here. Hi, Tay. How are you? Hi, I am well. Thanks for having me back, Scott. It's so good to see you. It's good to see I've you. Missed you. I've missed you. I've missed you. Um, uh, you have so much okay. to catch up on. We do. We really do. Let's just let's just get into it. Um, um, so first of all, I I I guess I want to say thank you to all the listeners who um who I guess gave gave you feedback on our on our first episode who like were so thoughtful yes. and listened. Um, if they're listening this time, just a shout out. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. It feels. It feels so nice to, um, you know, to have to have this conversation reach someone. And you know, I know it doesn't reach a lot of people, but it, it, you know, in doing this stuff, uh, you know, this is a kind of a creative outlet. But um, I don't know. It feels not, this, this is a conversation that I think is worth having, um, and I'm so grateful to the people who are tuning in and who are interested. So I just wanted to reach out to them and say thank you. I am too. I'm so thankful. We had so much positive feedback from my therapist, my mother, my sister, <laughs> all of my girlfriends, my father, everyone that listened to this. Actually, some of the men that I spoke about in the podcast, my former fiance, they all listened to it and just absolutely praised the podcast. They loved you. They loved what we talked about. They felt like it was really insightful and special. So That's it was so really awesome to hear just really positive feedback. And the people I surround myself in my life are very honest people. Mm. So I don't have these people that are constantly just throwing praise my way for no reason. And I appreciate that because I value their feedback and I value their honesty. So when they tell me something is good and that they like it and that they learned something, I really trust them. So That's amazing. cool. Yeah. I think my guy friends, uh, I think they're aware that the podcast exists, but I'm not sure that they've actually listened. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But if you're out there, gents, thank listen. you so much. They're they're playing video games right now. Um, we do. We need to get listen. Okay. Um, let's uh, let's get into it. You want to start? We got a lot of great things that we can talk about. I'm super excited. If we don't get to everything, you're just going to have to come back on again. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's jump in. Okay, so we didn't get a chance to talk about me being too picky. I, um, yeah. I'm totally guilty of this. I, uh, you know, when people, whenever I get to talk about dating, which I will do whenever I get the chance, I, I inevitably end up talking about how I think I'm a bit picky. Um, and you were interested in talking about that. Do you want to? Do you want to jump in? Indeed, I am interested in talking about this because you've mentioned it to me a number of times. Yeah. The most notable time was we were at my house. We already talked about this last time. We were having sushi. We were exploring my phone, your phone, the apps. You were sort of explaining to me what it is you're looking for. And <clears throat> you put emphasis on the fact that you're picky. And I believe that I said, you're not picky. I don't even think you're being picky enough. <laughs> and I want to hear, I, I never really asked you, what, what do you mean by being picky? What What's making you so selective? 
Yeah. So, okay. That's a great, great question. Um, I have a couple, there are phases to that question. What makes you selective? What is being selective mean? Like, what are all of those, you know, what does all of that mean? Yeah. I'm sure everyone's listening. The millions of listeners want to know <laughs> right. what that means. That's a great question. Um, okay. When I say that I'm picky, I feel like I am picky both when I'm using the dating apps um, I'm picky, uh, with who I try to connect with, you know, swipe right on or swipe, swipe right <laughs> on, um, based, based on physical attributes, their, uh, the effort they put into their profile or what exactly will make you swipe left or right. I'm curious to know what made you swipe right on me or what, who, who are you swiping right on and why? Yeah. Great question. I mean, to be, to be totally blunt. Right, because that's what we do here. Um, Absolutely. Okay, so my the, the the little trick that I use when I'm on the and I'm not on the apps right now, but when I'm on the apps, um, the little trick I use is that if I've had like half a glass of champagne and I'm at a good friend's wedding, and I see this person when I'm looking at a profile, and I see this person approach me and get a little flirty, do I flirt back? That's that's the sort okay. of like scenario that I put in my head to make me figure <laughs> okay. out like, do I want to talk to this person, right? And, and you can do uh, that on a dating app? I try to. I, I mean, I think one of the big problems with the dating apps is that it's so hard to get a feel for someone, right? Exactly, um, so yeah. I, I try to get a feel for someone um, based on, yeah, based on based on what's there, right? And so you ask, like, why did I swipe right on you? I, I mean, it's been a minute, Tay, but like, if I had to, as best as I can remember from what I saw in your profile, I think that you... Well, okay, hang on, because you, you do a few interesting things in your dating profile. I'm not sure if you still do this, but I think at one point you had like your your like driver's license on your profile because you were like, "Yes, I'm I real." Have, yep, I have my redacted ID. Right. And yeah. everyone always asks, "What's the deal?" And the intention behind that is to avoid these questions of, "Are you a catfish? Are you really yeah. as tall?" I'm five ten. Yeah. I'm 145 pounds. I just make everything as transparent as possible. So when I show up on the date, there are no surprises. Yeah. That's my I think goal. that's amazing. Now, now, mind you, of course, I'm taking photos in my best angles. I'm looking my best, as best as I feel I can in my photos. Right. So you look amazing in your photos. Thank you. And I have yet to receive feedback. I mean, perhaps people have just been nice over the decade plus long I've been dating, but no one's been like, you don't look like your photos. So I haven't received that because I feel like I'm trying to be as transparent as possible while also putting my best foot forward in terms of photos. So yeah, I throw up my redacted ID. I'm yeah. sure some some uh, hacker is like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would you put your redact redacted ID? Someone could use that to steal your identity. But I want them to know that I'm a California resident. They obviously can't see my personal details are my signature, but they can see my height, right. my gender, my ID photo, which look, frankly, having a good ID photo is a bit of a flex. And I happen to have <laughs> one good ID photo in my life. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me use it, right? I love it. Um, so, which is funny because that ID photo I took in Walnut Creek and it was uh -huh. the hottest day of July and I uh -huh. was crying. I was crying before the ID photo. Oh, no. I, had to run to the public library. I had to run to the public library to go print out some 
leasing, house leasing, whatever, apartment leasing information to prove my residency. And so I was just bawling and running in this like 100 degree Walnut Creek Creek heat and whatever. And then I had to take the photo. and But it ended up being, in my opinion, a great ID photo. So I was like, okay, flexing the photo. I'm showing that I'm not a catfish in the sense uh-huh. that here's my here's my ID, here's who I am. And yeah. I figured it would keep all those questions at bay. And it, it has. And it's been a talking point too, because it has a bit of an artistic quality to it, <laughs> posting your ID. Yeah, it's a conversation starter. So I think I think I think you did I mean, using you as an example of someone that I would swipe right on. I, I think you did a good job of demonstrating to me that like I, I could tell from your profile that you were someone who was taking this seriously. Like that you had put time and effort into your profile, that you were trying to give me a sense, at least a little sense of who you really were. Um, you had, I think at the time you had a fun video of you like dancing with a bunch of friends and you were just being a huge goofball. Um, uh, well, not a huge, a, a goofball. I don't mean to call you huge. Um, <laughs> you know, being being a goofball, um, which I I really like. I like that kind of energy. Um so, but, but I think to, to the point of why am I picky, um, like if I, if I, if I don't get a sense that the person I'm looking at or the profile I'm looking at is someone who I'm going to have something to talk to about, or that I'm going to connect to in some way, I, I'm a no, um, right. I'm a, I'm a, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a polite, no, thank you. Um, and I think, and I think for a lot of men, well, okay, some men just literally swipe right on everyone and then they filter after they match, which is a, a different thing. I definitely don't recommend anyone do that. I think it's, frankly, I think it's a little rude, but I also think it's not a good strategy for I agree. meeting people. Um, but I think- That I think, to me feels like a tactic to gain followers or social notoriety in your area or something. I'm not convinced I mean, they're looking for love when they do things like that. Yeah, and, and I think that falls into the trap of using a dating app like social media, which I think, which I think is a trap for men and for women in different ways, right? Getting as many numbers as possible or whatever, right? Um, which is different for men and women. But 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 those guys aside, I think I think a lot of men who are not doing that, men who are actually looking for a real connection, whatever that might mean for them, I think there's a temptation to try and match with someone where you like you don't yet have a sense. But it seems like, eh, I don't know, maybe, you know, and I've, sure. I've, I've connected with a few of those like, eh, I don't know, maybe people. And in my experience, that's just emotionally exhausting for me. Um, like if, if it, it's like personality roulette and, and, it, and not, not that they're bad people, right. But they're just like somebody that I end up going on a date with. And it's like, wow, we have nothing in common. We're like not on the same wavelength at all, like depending on how woo woo you want to get or whatever. But like, you know, it just like, I can kind of carry on a conversation with anyone. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I want to go on a date with someone who is interesting to me, who's who's bringing interesting things to the table, who is who is connecting with me in some way, we have like a some click, like whatever that chemistry is, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know when it's there, you know? Understood. So you answered my next question, which is, have you tried to go with those eh, not so sure candidates and seen how it played out? So you've A-B tested that because I certainly have. And unlike you, I often get really surprised by those 
mm, not so sure people that I just gave a chance to. Yeah. And I'll be like, wow, I'm so glad I went. Whether that be just because we had a great conversation or they looked extremely different in person or mm. we ended up falling in love. So mm-hmm. I've liked taking those chances. But That's then again, awesome. as a woman, yeah, it's diff- It's a bit different. And I want to acknowledge that there is a difference between men and women in that sense, I think, sometimes. But it goes into what we spoke about in the first episode about the spark movement and rejecting yeah. that movement or yeah. requiring that spark. Women... You mentioned, well, we both mentioned, men generally know within a certain amount of seconds or minutes or perhaps an hour into a date whether or not they want to move forward into the next date. Right. Whereas a woman can develop feelings over time. I don't want to generalize based on gender. I think, I don't know, can you develop feelings over time? I tend to. I might be a weirdo, but looking back on my romantic history, I think that I tend to those 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 that strong connection that I'm really looking for that I'm hoping to find really does tend to tend to grow over time. Um, Same here. Yeah, could, I I don't know like it's a comfort thing or if it's like a I don't know I'm I'm still in the process at age 44 of trying to unravel how my heart works you know um, absolutely but I think as I've we got, all are yeah 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 but I, yeah I, I I so I I usually a matchmaker once. My first matchmaker kind of told me like, look, if the first date goes pretty well and there's no like, I want to jump this person's bones chemistry, that's okay. In fact, that's probably good. Um, I agree. And go for this I, I would yeah. argue to say that could be better. Yeah. Healthier. Well, let's put a pin in that because we're, we're, we might talk about our first date next because that was, people were yes. asking about that. Um, yes. Uh, Wait, but I have. I still have a question about the picky factor. Being picky. So yep, yep, yes, yep. being selective, hyper selective on apps and in general, you've you've identified how you're hyper selective on apps and yep. then in person that flows to the in-person quality as well because you want to feel that draw. You want to feel that chemistry. You want to feel that next step that thing that makes you that you can't bottle it or buy it or sell it. It's that thing, yeah. that charisma factor to another another person perhaps holds that you're yeah. looking for. I, yeah. I find I go on a lot of first and second dates where they're lovely people. We have a nice talk. We find whatever it is we have in common and we get into it. And I just, you know, I, I very, very, very rare that I feel like blazing sparks on a first date, but I can sort of tell if I think there's like the potential for chemistry, the potential for connection. Um, I also, I do this thing that I, that I'm, and and this kind of gets to like, I think maybe the core of why I'm picky is that like, I know myself pretty well. I've been in relationships for a long time now and I I've been through a lot of ups and downs and I've learned a lot about myself and I've done a lot of work kind of a whole bunch of therapy and this stuff matters to me. Like finding, finding, an amazing connection is like kind of, I think the coolest thing that I can do with my time. Right. So this is something that I, and that's not for everybody. Some people are like, I want to figure out if I can make as much money as possible before I retire, or they want to, you know, dedicate themselves to being the best athlete they can possibly be or, or whatever. Right. But like, this is the thing that I, that I sort of feel most, 
passionate about doing with my with my life. Um, and you and I have that in common, very much so. I think that this, at I think a lot about how I will feel on my deathbed, and there are things that mm. I want to accomplish, and one of those main things is love, a deep deep love that I can really reflect back on and say, I met that, that goal. I set a goal to meet the love of my life. I don't think it's one person per se, but, and they loved mm-hmm. me back ferociously and fearlessly mm-hmm. and vice versa. And I think you and I very much have that in common. So that's, I can so relate, so relate to that. that. And that's why I've always said to you when you've said, well, I think I'm too picky. And I've said, I don't think you're that picky. And I don't think you're maybe picky enough. Mm. So Mm. I'm not here to counter you and say, oh yeah, I agree. You're too picky. No, I think you're, I think you're on the right track. And I really like hearing you point out that you know yourself because Mm. that portion is key when being picky. Is for you to say, well, I know what has worked, what hasn't worked. I know yeah. what I can identify as, you know, the the red flag or the thing that won't flow well with me and my lifestyle. Yeah, I, I find I find that in early dating, I'm often asking myself, like, okay, what what will this connection be like after the honeymoon phase? You know, like, what is it going to be like when all of those when all those uh, raging hormones, and I love that you say ferocious, that's good. You know, will it still be, will it still be ferocious after, after that first initial phase maybe wears off? And I I don't know, there are people who say like, you can make the honeymoon phase last forever. And I love that. I love that optimism. And I'm like, um, you know, I'm into, uh, I'm into trying for that kind of thing, right? Like whatever that journey looks like, right? But like, I don't know, I think, well, you know, I, I always try to, the, the, the next 50 years of my life is a long time, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to find somebody who I think it would be awesome to find somebody who just wants to go on that journey and like buckle up and see where the damn thing goes. You know, um, we are on the same page about that. Couldn't <laughs> agree more. Um, so yeah, okay. I guess, yeah, I, I guess I, the picky thing. I think sometimes I have a lot of very loving friends and they're wonderful. Um, and, but a lot of them are married and they're just in a kind of a different life phase than I am for various reasons, which is, you know, of course fine. Um, and my, you know, my parents want me to be happy and um, yeah, I don't think any of these people tell me that I'm too picky. A, f- a few of them, a few of the, the, people who really like getting involved sometimes will like nudge that I'm being a little picky. You but know, I'm I think curious I also- about, uh, apologies for interrupting, but I'm curious <laughs> about the folks that have asked or acknowledged that you're too picky because look, I want to acknowledge that you and I are both so grateful to have the love and support of our families. Your parents mm-hmm. are married. My yep. parents are married. That's a rarity these days. We acknowledge that. Mm. We're grateful to have examples of love that we admire. For two couples that are sticking it out through thick or thin, it's rare. Mm. And I fear that a lot of my friends haven't been picky enough. 
And so I appreciate again and value that you are being picky because why wouldn't you be? A relationship can can completely make or break the rest of your life. I mean, if I find myself in a relationship with a man who is, God forbid, hitting me physically or emotionally abusing me in some way mm. or yeah. is, I don't know, whatever, he could take me down a rabbit hole to hell. And yeah. that could uproot everything. And the same yeah. goes for you. Find yourself with the wrong woman and that could completely destroy your life. And it could be as simple as just making you feel unloved and unappreciated or as drastic as being abused in some way. So that's why I do, I keep saying it and I keep repeating myself, but value your pickiness because mm. I would go as far as to say that I think a number of my close friends are in marriages that they should not be in. Mm. And I'm not here to say that I can understand the depths of their soul and the rationale behind it. And there are many mm -hmm. reasons people jump into marriage and that's perhaps they've lost a parent, a sibling. They're trying to fill a hole, a void of some kind. There's there are a lot of pressures. Yeah. Yes. Life yeah. is scary alone. Being yeah. alone in our apartments, you and I both live alone in San Francisco and just simply having a meal alone or going to a film alone or choosing to go grocery shopping alone, there's there's a weight there that say, if you had a partner at home waiting for you or joining you, mm -hmm. a weight would be off a bit if it were the right person because you'd feel a safety net. And yeah. so people that feel as safe as perhaps we do having the love and support of our families backing us, they may jump into something prematurely that's not great for them because they need the support by any means or at any cost. Yeah. And to all of Taylor's lovely friends who are listening, we, we love you and we understand, you know, like being in marriages is... Well, oh, I guess what I was... <laughs> Listen, let, let, me, let me just say, I am very transparent with each and every one of my friends. I don't hold back. And I have mm -hmm. been a maid of honor and a bridesmaid. And I've been through them thick and thin in their relationships. And they know exactly how I feel and where I stand. And they mm. know I'll stand beside them with their decisions. Mm. But I tell them to their face, I think perhaps, you know, we could have done something different or I try to encourage or direct in a different way. And mm -hmm. they just, you know, are as equally blunt with me and say, look, Taylor, this is where I am at. This is what I need right now. I value mm -hmm. your opinion and I value what you have to say, but you can't possibly understand my side of it and what I need right now. And I can even see and rationalize what you're saying to be true, but here's where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. And I say, okay, I'm going to respect that. This is your life, your journey. I respect, okay. I respect your, your take on that and your view on that very, very, very much. And I, I don't mean to, I really hate it when people like devil's advocate things, but like, I guess let me voice the part of me that's worried about being too picky. There's a part of me, obviously most of me is like, I want to be picky. I don't want to get into something where I'm not like feeling very, very good about committing to a relationship. I want to make sure that I commit to the right thing because committing to the wrong thing for me is just really, really painful. Like the, the more I so did somebody- painful. 
the, the more I date somebody, the, the harder it becomes to say, I'm so sorry, this isn't working for me, you know, like that, that whole process. And, and, and of course the other way, like getting into something and having them say, I'm so sorry, this isn't the right thing for me. Right. Um, but the part of me that worries that I'm being too picky, the part of me that worries is worried about, I mean, and this is, I, it, it sounds silly saying it and I, and I, but it, you know, it's, it's in there. Like I'm 44. I worry that when I turn 45, when I turn 46, that's going to really narrow, further narrow the options of who, of the people who are going to see me as a potential partner, right? Um, I worry a little bit, sometimes I worry a little bit that like, maybe, and it doesn't have to be a marriage, but you know, a previous relationship, in my case, you know, my, my marriage, my divorce, I worry sometimes that that experience I don't want to say broke me in some way, but like changed me in some way that made me overly cautious about connecting to someone romantically. And that that's something that I need to investigate. And that's something that I work on a lot in therapy. And I, and I feel like I've made good progress with it. I really do. But like, there's still, I think there's still like a sliver of a, a little doubt in there because people are so complicated. You know, I don't know what's bouncing around sure. in this head of mine. Um, right. And so, so there's a piece of me that's like, you know what? There's there, and, and this is maybe what I, what I am interested to hear your take on. There's a piece of me that's like, you know what? Every relationship is basically a gamble. Like you're never going to know a hundred percent that you found someone never. and you're like, awesome. Right. Never. So there's always an extent to which you are taking a leap of faith. And for me, sometimes I worry that I'm being, that, that being too picky can mean just being just being afraid to take that leap of faith. And I'm not sure how to tell the difference. Does that make sense? Like, how do I know if I'm just, yeah. That completely makes sense to me. I can relate to that a lot. Um, You won't be able to fully know until you continue doing the work with your therapist and with Mm. yourself and journaling and all the introspection and things we're talking about now to fully recognize, is it a me problem or is it me being cautious for a real reason? Because I learned something that I do not want to repeat because, you know, a lot of people get married two, three, four, five times. That's not just in Hollywood. I've seen it in real life. Yeah. Not to name any names, but I know someone who's been married upwards of four or five times. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, did you take a step back? Yeah. I think there's one factor here. That's the commonality. That's you. Yeah. What's going on? So you're playing devil's advocate for yourself. I'm playing devil's advocate to your devil's advocate. And that is you're being interested. You're being introspective. You're being thoughtful about next steps. Look, I want to also acknowledge that I'm 32 years old. I thought I was going to be married at 25. So I would be lying to sit here and say there wasn't an immense amount of anxiety around turning yeah. 28, 30, 32 yeah. and me saying, holy shit, I'm still not married with children my family are all wondering, is she a lesbian? What's going on? Why isn't she married? 
she is seems seemingly such a great candidate. I have this little voice in the back of my head where people must be wondering, is why can't she keep a man? Is there something wrong with her? And I always have to remind myself, I have navigated out of these relationships myself for various reasons because I knew it wasn't a good fit. Mm. I would still be in most of my past relationships, but I found my way out knowing that long-term we were not going to be suitable matches. Yeah. And I want to just say that I I hear you. I hear your fear around the age factor, but I also want to say that we, we talked about this before we started recording. To me, you're a baby. I just shared with you, I just shared with you my last boyfriend was 56. Mm-hmm. A boyfriend before that was 68. So I'm someone who dates older men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not for the reasons where a lot of people online will think it's money related or whatever. I have my mm-hmm. own financial stability. It has nothing to do with that. I mm-hmm. find yeah, and it's, it's not a... Um, quote unquote daddy issue either. I have a very loving, wonderful relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, perhaps it's a daddy issue in that way in that I would marry, I'd love to marry someone exactly like my father. And he's 63 mm-hmm. years old. He's a fantastic man and he has been an excellent model. And so for me, I see that and think, okay, these men such as yourself have gone through the trenches of life. They've experienced things. They can teach me something. Um, mm. we, can, we can have different kinds of conversations instead of me being with someone more my age, mm-hmm. uh, where we're on the same level, I don't know, of all things. It, you know, mm. it varies from person to person. I don't, I hate to generalize everything, but I do think that you are a baby, especially for the age range that I tend to date. And so for you to say, oh, I'm so, I'm feeling anxiety. I don't think you use the word anxiety. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. No, that's fair. Anxiety is feeling anxiety around turning older and you perhaps limiting the pool of candidates. That's so false, in my opinion. Hmm. You're going to have access to. I don't know what your preferred age range is, but you'll have access to women ages 28. I mean, of course you could go younger. You're going to get into some odd territory, I'd imagine, though, because women under 28, I think, are going to start. I have a 23-year-old sister. She's turning 23. I don't know. She's very bright. She's in film school. She's fantastic. But the conversation is going to be a little different. I don't imagine her relating so well to a 46-year-old man, but I do imagine a 28-year-old based on who I was at 28 and dating a, my three year, three year relationship was with a, uh, he was 43. Mm. We related perfectly. We had enough synced up in terms of experience. Uh, so I can see you dating the range all mm. the way up until you're however long, but I don't think that that's the entirety of your anxiety. You're mentioning that as one piece other pieces you're ready to meet your person and begin life now as they say when harry met sally when you meet the person you want life to begin now and that's what you want right i guess so i mean i you know like having this conversation getting kind of all the way around to this like that's something that i that i do come to um 
on on the being picky thing, just to kind of put a pin in the in the, in the being picky thing, because yeah, I'm I you know ready to start life now. Like I I would I am eager to find my way into a partnership that is going to be healthy and growing and thriving, you know, and I, and I know it's not going to be like meet somebody and like click all of a sudden you're in that sure. connected deep relationship because growing that takes time. That takes work. Um, I also want uh, to take a quick step back and say that your life has well been started. I mean, you've started your life. You have your career. You have Juilliard behind you. You're an actor and a fabulous person and a fantastic so friend and so handsome and capable and charismatic and talented and all these wonderful things. Your life is well started. You don't need a companion to begin your life. Let me take that yeah. that out of what I just said. But I mean, when you find the person you love, you just want to begin a whole new journey, a whole new version yeah. of your life. And that's, I believe, based on being your friend over the last year is what, what you're looking for, as am I. It's yeah, not that my life fair. is empty in any way. I'm very full. I'm very loved. There's so much love around me, around you. But it's different when you have that romantic partnership. You want to experience yeah. things. It's like having a, a newborn baby that you want to show the ocean to. You've seen the ocean a million times, but you want to see it with that person you love. It feels different. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're, you're as always, incredibly sweet. Um, I will say, I mean, maybe put a pin in this. I don't know. I do, I do I do think I am surrounded by love. I do think though it's true. It's definitely true for me, and I think it's true for a lot of people. Excuse me. That like um, I do think it's hard these days to have like your community around you. I do think that's a real thing for people that are single. I think it's a real thing for people in general, but I think single people, especially single men, I think can feel it more acutely, especially after the pandemic. Um, that it's hard to have enough people near you to sort of satisfy that human need to feel like you're part of a you're part of a group or tribe or whatever you want to call it that you've got your people. Um, yes. But you're right. Like yeah. in so many ways, yeah. All things considered, I I'm so lucky. I have wonderful, wonderful friends and family. And, and yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I do. I, I do. This, this is a thing I work on in therapy, and I think all men should. Uh, single men, I think. Well, let me put it this way. I, I think it's okay for men, single men, to be working on finding ways to be okay being alone. That's been very good work for me, been very fruitful yes. work for me, like finding the books that I love, getting to play the video games for eight hours on a Saturday that I want to play that I might not want to do if I was in a relationship because I would use that time differently, right? Like Exactly. Kind of and my dad emphasizes that to me as well. He's like, I know you're wanting a partner. But do you know how incredible it is to be able to do whatever you want with your day? The yeah. beauty and having your apartment the exact way you want it. And he's just like, it won't be like this forever. Yeah. You of all people, and I'm going to say this to you, Scott, you of all people will find the person that will love you and that you will love and that you will be intertwined with. And you'll be thinking back whenever you meet that person, whether it's in a, a day, a week, a year, another five years, whatever. You'll be thinking back of this precious time of playing those video games for eight hours on a Saturday <laughs> yeah. and reflecting fondly on that time, as will I when I'm having, I'm a big movie buff, big film buff, and I love to just run through the movies that I like without any interruptions. We all have our little things. Or if mm -hmm. I want to 
go play pool at a billiards hall. I don't have a man at home being like, I don't know. I feel weird about that. You're going to be around other dudes. That makes me uncomfortable, you know? So there's a beauty in our current lifestyle and something that we should cherish. But again, it doesn't take away from the ultimate goal of finding (laughs) love and finding a partner. I, I think that's very well said. Okay. So I want to, I want to put a button on that little Scott being too picky topic um, because we, okay. ki- we kind of came around to something that um, I hold close to my heart and something that I think is very true and something that I think is kind of worth saying here. Um, because, because really what you've kind of led me to in my mind, in me being picky, like if I'm being honest, I think a lot of what my pickiness really comes from, if I'm being totally honest, is just that like, I do feel like I've done a lot of work on myself. I do think I'm lucky in so many ways. I think, um, this is, it's, I'm a, I'm, I am a humble person, I swear, but I think I'm kind of a catch, you know? Like, I think I'm somebody who would make a great partner for the you right absolutely person. absolutely are. Plain and simple, you are a catch. You're very sweet. And, and and I think a lot of what me being picky comes down to is just that, like, I've learned, like, how I work in a relationship, and I've, and I've learned more about how complex relationships can be. Um, platonic relationships with friends and romantic relationships, right? But so I've learned that, like, now that I know how they work, I sort of know more about what I'm looking for. And what that means is that there's a narrower and narrower uh, uh, group of people that are gonna that are gonna be close to kind of what that is, or to get the, the puzzle. Pe- I, I, wanna, I think about it this way: like, like the shape of my puzzle piece is more complicated than I thought it was in the past. And I'm not and I'm not looking for one person that's the exact fit, right? But I'm looking for something that's close-ish, right? But now exactly. that I understand better how complex my puzzle piece is, I have a better sense of um, what it might be like to try and mesh with somebody else's complicated puzzle piece. Do you know what I mean? And I think this, that makes this me is feel huge, picky. Scott. Scott, this is huge because my mom has been saying this to me since I was a little girl, water seeks its level. And how I can put that in layman's terms is if you're at a level seven, I'm I'm not even putting this on a scale of one to 10. I'm just using the number seven. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you expect level seven reciprocation in terms of communication, love, whatever, but you've Mm -hmm. met a woman who is a level two. She can only Mm -hmm. give a two. So she should seek out a two. A two will make her happy. A two is not going to make you happy. And again, I want to emphasize to listeners, I'm not talking in terms of a one to 10 scale where I'm judging her based on anything outside of just, I'm putting a number on it. A two needs another two. Yeah. Yeah. Putting putting energy into a relationship. Energy, energetically. An energetic two versus an energetic seven. Uh, If you're at an energetic seven or however you define yourself in terms of what you're looking for, you need another seven. Or else there's going to be conflict. There's going to be resentment built up yeah. because you're going to be begging that two to give you seven. And yeah. that two just play a game? not going to do it. Yeah, let's play it. You r- write down on a scale of one to 10 what you what you think your energy number is. I need a, I need a. Oh, no. I have no earthly just idea. Just guess. Just guess. Just guess. Well, okay. Are you well, going to we'll, be able to accurately tell me what it is? is no, I don't know. I, I, I just wanted oh. to guess to see how close we are and what okay. we think of each other's 
guess. Does that make sense? I, I actually don't have pencil and paper. Well, Can I, we'll just use the honor system. Me, Scott. Scott, it's hard for me because in my mind, uh-huh. I think I'm a Victoria's Secret model. So when I look in the mirror, I'm like, whoa, whoa. I take a step back and I'm like, oh shit, I'm not a Victoria's Secret model. So in my mind, I think I'm just like awesome. So I think you're awesome. I'm going to say I'm a 10. 10. 10 out of so 10 you- on everything. But, but so you're a 10, like, and of course you're a 10, 10, but <laughs> no, you think you're no. a 10 on like the amount of energy that you're putting into and, and needing from um, a romantic connection? That's a challenging question. I think that I expect a lot. Mm-hmm. Now that I've taken a step back my whole life, I thought, oh, these are just bare minimum needs. Mm. Um, whether that be thoughtful gestures, um, you know, taking out the trash, bringing flowers, writing love notes, cards, thoughtful things that I thought just everyone did because Mm -hmm. my first one true love set me up to think all of that was quite normal. Mm. So I learned how to love from that person. And so I Mm. give a lot and I'm not just meaning in terms of thoughtful gestures, I mean, in the day to day, Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm going to Pilates class. Uh, I'll text you in an hour. You're not going to be able to hear from me. Or, hey, I'm jumping into a meeting. I'll talk to you at 3 p.m. To me, that's Mm -hmm. appropriate communication. That's thoughtful. That's showing your partner, I see you. I love you. I hear you. I won't be able to get back to you till 3 p.m. because Mm -hmm. I'm going to be busy. I want you to know that I'm I'm here and I'll get to you when I can. Mm -hmm. Not everyone thinks that way. Not everyone's mm-hmm. like, hey, I hope you got into your plane safely. Are you on the aisle seat? I love you. Have a safe flight. That's mm-hmm. something to me that I always thought was normal. It's not normal to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. We're saying, I love you. This is a silly one. And my dad thinks this is funny, but I like, I love you. Not I love you too or love you. When you're with a partner, I would like to hear, I love you. Love you too mm-hmm. sounds like you're agreeing or you're saying it casually to your grandma. <laughs> I love you is yeah. what you say to me or else I start to get a, a questioning. Mm. And is that me being controlling? Is that me being, is that me being be- too picky? I don't, is it? I don't know. You're looking for the level that you're looking for. Like you understand yeah. how your heart works and you're yeah. looking for the puzzle piece that's going to, Yeah. Sure. And I'm not sitting on this high horse saying that I am this emotional intelligence guru that knows everything. Of course, stupid shit flies out of my mouth. Of course, (laughs) I say the wrong thing. Of course, venom flies when I'm angry. Um, So it would be really hard for me to identify that energetic number because I'm still working on it. I'm still thinking about it. But just right off the bat, I feel energetically I'm above a five and I'm seeking water that's water in air quotes i'm seeking someone energetically above a five yeah oh i would put i yeah i would put you yeah i think you deserve someone well above a five i was just gonna ballpark eight i think i think i'm probably an eight with like how much like bandwidth and energy and just like whatever that means because this is a number system so of course it's incredibly crude but i I, I was gonna just like guess does that sound about do you do you does that surprise you to hear that i think i'm an eight not at all. I think that okay. that's, I was going to say something higher for myself. I'm just saying I'm above a five to keep it general. But yeah, no, I, would, <laughs> I, would, I would I would fully agree. You are someone 
ahead of most in the fact that, first of all, you're doing this podcast, you're being introspective on a regular basis, you're doing therapy, and you're self-aware enough to identify what changes you should be making and what Mm. you're seeking. So that Mm. automatically puts you well above many. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you know, above like, like, like you said, like if you're, if you're about an eight, you want to look for someone who's about an eight, right? Because you want to, you want to find someone who's going to, who's going to appreciate the energy you're putting in and who's going to reciprocate if, if you're looking for the same level of reciprocation, which I think most people exactly. are. Exactly. So. And also I want to emphasize that there's no shame for a, an energetic level too. Do Absolutely. you? That's so yeah. fun. 100%. Man, that sounds yeah. great. If you don't need a text for 48 hours and you guys are still well-connected and that's awesome, or you don't need regular dates or flowers or love notes and your partner can speak to you rudely or whatever a two involves, I don't know yeah. what that is. I'm just throwing out ideas. Uh, yeah. Awesome. If that works for you and that makes you happy, more power to you. But that's never going to make me happy. That's going to upset yeah. me. I'm going to develop resentment. We're going to not have a good time because I'll constantly be trying to bring you up to my level and begging for a beautiful Valentine's Day card that says, I love you. Thank you for being you. That's just an example. Yeah. Um, whatever, whatever you've defined. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. unfair to the two that's happy being at the two. And it's unfair to the seven who is happy being a seven. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think all of this to say, and this we're 45 minutes in and we've gone through topic one. Um, all of this to say, I, I, but this, this does lead me to something that I, that I really think is lovely. And I, and I really, I, I put this out there every chance I can get. Like, I think, I think it is harder I think I think it is a lot of people feel like it is more challenging than ever before to find a happy relationship. But I see the I see the other side of that coin. I think I think the bar has kind of been raised. I think we're becoming more emotionally intelligent. We're becoming better versed in what it takes and what we can look for and what we are entitled to look for in a romantic connection. But what that means is that there are more people out there looking for that like really amazing, sustainable, lasting um healthy connection right and and the thing that i really love about it that 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 i try to be that gives me optimism the thing that gives me hope is that it feels more possible than ever to find that kind of really amazing partnership where i think even a generation ago i mean it sounds to me like your parents may very well be the exception to the rule but i think even a generation ago and certainly longer romantic connection was not about finding a partner and being connected to someone it was like an economic exchange it was about it was about surviving it was about um you know it it wasn't about the stuff that you see in the i mean not that the disney movies or the romantic comedies or whatever are like a good touchstone for that but you know what i mean like Absolutely. And I agree. I agree. My parents were the exception and are the exception to the rule. Um, And I also agree and so appreciate it's refreshing to hear people be positive about the current climate of dating because Mm -hmm. you go through TikTok and everyone's shitting all over everybody. And it's hard not to get wrapped in or not even TikTok, just walking out anywhere in a nightclub, in a bar, wherever, everyone feels jaded, no matter the age. Yeah. 
And it's refreshing for you to say that because I too feel that way, regardless of the amount of relationships I've been through or in, I remain hopeful. I remain in the thought pattern that it's getting better and that people are being more mindful. 100% agree. Yeah. Um, Okay, I took a note. Let's put a pin in talking about social media's effect on dating because I can talk about that for okay. a super long time. But oh, same me too. Um, I think I think we had a couple lis- listeners you mentioned who wanted to hear yes. about, uh, uh, or we wanted to talk about our first date, uh, our only yes. date, and why yes. aren't we dating? Which I think that'll be yeah. a very juicy topic, and we haven't prepped Definitely. for this at all because that would take no. all the fun out of it. We've done zero um, prep. Admittedly, I'm a, I'm I'm very interested to hear your side of it. I don't even. This is going to be incredibly organic and in how we're sharing this together. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of the feedback that I received from friends, family, my therapist. Why aren't you and Scott together? You Uh-oh. seem to have so much chemistry. You seem to be able to talk so seamlessly. What's the deal? Why aren't you two dating? So. Do you, we've, already, we've, we've discussed on the last episode, or the, your second episode, but the last episode that I was a part of, mm-hmm. we met on one of multiple apps. We don't remember exactly which one. I can't remember which one, yeah. I have that three message rule that I mentioned. So you must have asked me out promptly. You got my number. We put a pin in that. Uh, I'm starting to ad- adopt your language. We put a pin in that for a second. <laughs> Yeah. You messaged me and said, hey, you're back. Let's go on a date. I said, absolutely. We met, I believe, I believe I may have had to postpone one date and you were super cool about it. <laughs> uh, I don't remember why. Did I get COVID or something? Something happened and you were like, yeah, no, no. I remember the text. It was like, I'm bombarded with work, Scott. I completely understand if you do not want to see me, I will respect that decision. I would still love to see you, but uh, I'm not in a place where I can meet you out. And I gave you plenty of notice, I, I believe, because yeah. I want to be respectful of people's time. And you were like, no problem at all. Are you down to reschedule for Thursday? And I was like, great, let's do it. I'm just, I don't even know if this is the correct timeline. We ended up meeting and mm-hmm. please take it away. What happened from there? Right. So we we met at Hayes Valley um, uh, for a, a dinner spot, which I, I mean, I think I need to up my game with like my first date possibilities because I'm my go to is basically just like dinner. I'm like, let's get dinner, sit down, have some food and like talk. Um, but I've heard I've heard much more creative date ideas. So I need to maybe I need to sharpen that a little bit. But OK, so um, no, have... let me just let me just say this for oh. me personally. That was spot on. I'm a dinner okay. drinks girl for the first meeting. A lot of girls I know think that that's too intimate. I happen to love that as a first date. It makes me feel safe. I'm mm-hmm. in my happy place with food and a glass of wine. We're sitting across from each other or in a booth in some cases. And I think we did both that evening. We went yeah. from dinner to the battery. Yeah. So I thought that was perfect for me personally. And we had Estella. Estella was the star of the date. She was the the waitress at, at Dopio Zero who was just like full of life and amazing. She was really wonderful. She, and she was kind to us. I think she gave us like a free dessert or something. She was so lovely. Yeah. She was so sweet. I don't think she's there anymore, which makes me sad. Um, yeah, and then went to the battery, had a couple drinks, and I think just had a really lovely, uh, lovely, lovely conversation. 
and a lovely time. Um, um, you know what? On our on our date, I uh, I for the first time like felt the acute effects of um, a planter issue that I was going to deal with for like the next six months. I don't know if I ever told you that, but like no, my a planter issue. What is this? So a, like plantar fasciitis or plantar fasciosis. Oh, it's like a yes, yes. pain thing. Yeah. Yes, my mother has that. Yeah, sure. I I have thoughts about it. Um, and I I had to I'm go on so a whole journey. Well, it was no. just funny because like I think I think I think it was like after the battery, I started realizing that we my wa- foot. You walked me two miles home. I did. Yeah. Remember, because we but were like, I, we should I, just walk. It's a beautiful night. I I'm in six inch heels. I I'm the one that was having issue. You didn't complain once. I I just think I I don't know. I'm, I I remember thinking like, okay, well, I'm sure it's fine. Um, I remember I wore dress shoes, uh, because I wanted to impress you. Um, but they're not the best walking shoes. So I think, uh, I don't know. They're just like a random thing. It, it wasn't like killing me. It was just like a thing that like over the next week I realized like, oh, that pain is, uh, something I need to, something I need to I'm take so care sorry. of. Sorry. You never it's mentioned okay. it once. <laughs> yeah. It, it never, it never came up. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, so, I mean, so I don't, what, I, yeah. What happened mm-hmm. with us? What, what I don't know. happened? Why didn't we us? go on a second date? I don't know. Um, well, we texted. There was never, the thing about us is there was never really any pressure because yeah. we were talking so openly. I, you, like, I'm like in my memory, I remember you saying we should do a podcast together. I really uh-huh. appreciate the things you have to say. I'm interested in hearing about your dating experiences. I mean, we shared our thoughts on sex and relationships and history mm-hmm. and all of those things very quickly. We were just really open with each other and everything mm-hmm. just flowed seamlessly. And you talked about uh, your experiences with matchmakers and all of these things. Yeah. And the question is, why didn't we go on a second date for both of us? And I never felt that sort of pressure. I just felt like it flowed so naturally because we we still hung out again. And we've obviously remained friends and had a friendship. Mm-hmm. But the question yeah. is, is, why didn't it transition into a romantic relationship? I don't, I mean, I, I, I'm, I honestly don't know. And, and this is interesting because like, you know, we obviously get along really well, right? And to, to all the listeners who are who are being very sweet and, and, and cute, right? Like we do, we get along well. Um, and I, th- I think, I think you're sort of hitting on something when you, when you talk about the sort of no pressure thing, you know, like I think, well, I, I, I guess, I guess I felt like, I feel like most of the women who I date in San Francisco who feel like potential matches for me, um, I often feel like those women have a lot of options in San Francisco. And I feel like, I guess sometimes it's maybe, I mean, if I'm being honest, like a confidence thing um, where it's like, if, if I don't feel like there's some indication that it's a strong click that I should sort of, you know, not bother this person or not, um, 
you know, that, that, that like, that I, I guess I feel like a woman's, your chances in San Francisco, or maybe in general, but at least in San Francisco, your chances of finding someone where you're going to feel that click are, are pretty good. Um, I mean, I think, I think you did tell me that you had been on like 14 dates in the last 10 days mm-hmm. on the, mm-hmm. on the ride from <laughs> Italian to the battery. Um, Unashamedly just shared with you exactly what was going on. I, and I really appreciated that. I really did actually. Um, and I guess I guess there was just a piece of me that was like, I don't know, that felt like uh, that that it, if it was supposed to be a second date, I would know. I'm, I'm really not sure. I'm really honestly not sure. Um, I feel the same way. When we talked about this topic and the agenda prior, I was like, uh-huh. I don't exactly know what I'm going to say as a response, and I'm. Yeah. I'm it's interesting that you have a similar response and that, uh, let's see, we get along so well. We've both said yeah. that. We're not just being polite. We just do. Yeah. You were, and I, both of us, we were, we followed up with each other a ton. You would send me these fantastic, sweet videos and video notes <laughs> and check in yeah. on me. And I shared with you, I was sick one time. We just developed this really lovely friendship. Um, and it was felt so automatic, like a friendship. Like we, I don't know if we both friend zoned each other immediately, but <laughs> we weren't just like eager to get all sexual together. There wasn't a sexual right. element to our experience. And I think that that's ultimately what didn't drive us to feel urgency to go on to a next date because there was a lack mm. of sort of a sexual element for both of us. I didn't That's feel you pulling, pulling me in sexually. I didn't feel myself pulling you in sexually. I think perhaps if you would have gone for something more sexual or yeah. leaned more sexual, I may have followed your lead. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't, and I've definitely gone for, I've definitely pulled sexual first to draw someone mm-hmm. in for sure, mm-hmm. or turned on more sexual magnetism. I just didn't feel like I needed to do that with you. We held hands on the way home. It was just incredibly gentle and romantic and friendly, but yet there was still a sexy quality to it. I mean, you're a very, very handsome man, but there was sort of a lack of extreme sexual magnetism that was causing us to not really drive it into an intimate place where we had to see each other to like make out on the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that I do. Tends, that tends to be what it requires to to get you to that next place. Do you think? And first of all, thank you so much. And obviously, you're an incredibly sexy lady. Um, so I okay, thank a couple you. things. I think, of course, I think I think in general, I'm kind of a slow burn. Like I I tend not to really feel. I think sexually. I tend not to put out like a sexual energy um, until I'm uh, until I kind of get to know somebody pretty well. Um, it I don't know. I don't know with me, but I will yeah. say I want to counter that by saying I felt okay. a sexualness come from you after about three glasses of wine and another cocktail at the battery. <laughs> okay? mm-hmm. I don't know if you're totally right about that. So there was a That's sexual fair. energy coming from you when we were sitting in the booth at the battery. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We were 
quite literally talking about sex. I yeah, was yeah, being I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, was being don't transparent. Don't say what I think you're going to say. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Listen, my mom is going to be listening to this. I um, we, We're talking about sex candidly. We right. were also talking about my feelings on uh, one night stands versus the slow burn and how I feel. I was really transparent with you about if your, I have sex with someone prematurely. Yeah, your rule. I, yeah, it's not even a rule. It's a it's a thing that happens with me. Um, I I don't want to say that I behave like a man because that's not fair. I'm sure this happens to other women, and all, not all men behave this way. But if someone elects mm-hmm. to agree to sleep with me too prematurely, uh-huh. I get very icked out. And yeah. I'm sh- sure some of the men that I've dated will listen to this because some of them have, and they'll be able to understand. And I want to explain this. I'm not, it's not me. Some of the feedback I've gotten after say a premature sexual experience is I feel used Taylor. I feel like you didn't value that connection we just had. Why did you do that? Why did you agree mm-hmm. to that? And I said, I told you up front, there is no guarantee that if we do this now, that I'm going to want you to either stay here or I will ever want to speak to you again. It's something inside of me that kind of shuts off. Mm-hmm. If I have sex with someone too prematurely, it's not mm-hmm. like there's a lack of respect or anything like that. It's like... Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I opened Pandora's box. I saw it. I saw something too soon and now I want to shut it and I don't ever want to open it again. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. So I've learned that about myself and in respect for other people, I've now given them the option. I've said, look, I'm feeling sexually drawn to you. This is what tends to happen with me. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to guarantee that we'll continue to move forward after this happens. So let me know if you don't feel comfortable with this because this feels like the respectful thing to tell you. Yeah. And uh, I think that that's the fair approach to it because I want someone someone to do that with me. Um, But generally, it's best for me to wait. Yeah. The longer that I wait and develop the emotional connection with someone, the better chance there's going to really be something there. And I shared that with you. Because I did yeah. start, to, we were having a sexual conversation. I did start to feel some of your sexual draw, prowess, whatever. And I told you right away. I told you right away. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I guess okay. Um, let's let's go down this rabbit hole real quick. Let, let, I mean, let's get back to why we're not dating, which I think is that's a fun and and dangerous and vulnerable conversation which i think is good it is. I think it's good to have that it is yes but uh, i, I want to kind of go down this rabbit hole real quick for, for like for anybody listening this is this is fun and i'm sure people are like this is fun for me to talk about but i'm sure people are sort of like vicariously having fun listening to this but but i think like as a more generalizable um conversation something that i kind of want to highlight here that in my experience makes you very very exceptional as a as a as a single woman who is dating um, 
j- just that thing that you do, like that you recognize in yourself, like, hey, this is how this clock usually ticks. Like this, this is how my heart works. I know this about myself. I'm just going to put this on the table and let you know that I'm into you. Like that's a genuine thing. I'm feeling that sexual energy. And if you want to do this, I'm game. Um, but know that that usually for me means that it's not gonna it's not gonna keep growing, right? And like, who knows how how who knows why our hearts work the way they work but if you mm-hmm. if you know yourself well enough that you know how it works and you're willing to put that out there in a in a in a vulnerable way i think like i think that is exceptional tay and and i got to tell you i okay i'm going to get in a little trouble here i'm sure and I, and i don't mean to generalize too much but i think in general in dating right now we're having a cultural moment where women have been given have earned and their mothers and grandmothers fought for it, but women have a bit more power and agency, I want to say. And I could be wrong about this, but this is just my pet theory. Women have more agency now than they have in the past. And that's wonderful. That's great. Like, I don't think women and men are the same, but I think equality and feminism, I think these are things that we should be shooting for. I'm a big fan of all that. I'm not, I'm not trying to get all manosphere here about Mm -hmm. it. But I do think women have more agency now than they are sort of culturally accustomed to, right? And I think yes. I think I think you do a great job of 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 grabbing that agency and and owning it and claiming it. And I think I think a lot of men, um, I think many men uh, 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 when they're dating aren't totally. It's not totally clear, like how how much agency they should expect the woman to have, especially in those early dates, right? That's a very vulnerable kind of tender period of getting to know somebody. And I think a lot of women, I I think for a lot of women, well, let me put it this way. I I do think there is kind of a, I don't want to say like counterculture dating movement, but I I think there are women out there who, um, who, who, it's an interesting tension, right? Because men and women are different. We live in the society that we live in. Um, but I, I think, I think, I think traditional, a traditional woman who, who, who wants to just like be pursued and, or, or who, who believes her role, I should say, I, I don't want to say wants to be, I should say who believes it is her role to be pursued. Um, and to allow the other person to have the man to have most of, if not all of the agency, um, the transition from that kind of traditional dating dynamic to one where the woman has more agency and is more of an equal and, and I think is has the potential of being more of a partnership. I think I think we're in like an awkward stage transitioning from that traditional uh, those traditional gender roles, if you will, to yes. whatever this is. And and I, and I, and I, I want to be clear, like I don't think that we're supposed to be like totally, non-gendered asexual you know brains and boxes right like men and women are, are different in i think real important ways and people are different in real important ways you know what i mean but but I, i've always been really impressed by how by you being able to access and uh, uh, uh i would say confidently and and uh, uh elegantly um yeah, deploying that agency and like bringing that to the table. And, and I'm sure other men that you've dated would say the same thing about you, that it's very different about you than other women. And I, like just to put it, to wrap this up, I, I would I would love, love, love for other women to 
to feel that agency, to embrace that agency. And and I don't mean to say this like just because I want women to like hit on me or I want women to show me when it's time to make a move or or whatever. But mostly because I I want a world where women feel empowered and entitled to have a big say in who they connect to romantically. I think that's a big part of life and I think and I think now more than ever women have 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 fought for mothers and grandmothers and and women now have continued to fight for that agency that equality and and i and i i think i think it's exciting but i I think it's also weird i think it's new and i think some women does that make sense Uh, completely and it makes a lot of sense because a lot of women feel like they either need to assume this position of being ultra feminine and meek and not saying exactly what they want or who they are and what they're about and defining Mm. that clearly. Yeah. And now, as you've mentioned, the women that have pioneered this present day, which many would say is not working, which many are claiming we've failed the system. We need to go back to the way things were. But I feel like, look, of course I want to have a fabulous marriage. I would love to have a fabulous partnership. And I'm going to say that to someone on a date. I'm looking for an incredible connection, eventually a husband. I'm so-so on kids. If you're hyper-motivated on kids, I'll consider it. I'm not super eager to have children. But if my partner is, then we'll have that discussion about what that will look like. But that conversation in my experience with my 30 dates in six months Mm. has been really revolutionary and different and special. And it's landed me boyfriends and I love yous and praise and confidence faster than I ever did in my 20s. Because in my 20s, I was either afraid to say it for looking desperate or weak or whatever. And now if I just say, look, I am looking for this, this, and this doesn't mean it's with you. Doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's right now, Mm -hmm. but this is what I'm looking for. And I don't necessarily have a strict timeline and here's how I operate. It really does give people a nice sense of who I am and how they should move around me and how I'll be moving around them. Yeah. I love that. Like somebody who's who's around you, who's dating you or who's in your space or in your world, like has a clear idea of who you are. You're you're not I think that that's fair. That's a fair approach to dating because as you mentioned in our last uh episode together, we have a hard enough time as it is trying to figure out what's true and what's fake. What's real, what's mm-hmm. not, which parts of facade in those first initial months of dating. And, you know, for about the first three months, so 90 days, people are generally wearing a mask. Mm. Whether intentionally or not, they're protecting themselves and they're being a version of themselves they think the person that they're trying to lure in to be in a relationship may want. And I just feel like, yeah, of course, naturally we all do that. I'm not going to pretend to sit here and say that's not something that I do subconsciously. We all do. But I think it's fair to just lay out expectations clearly. And with regard to sex, 
I've had a lot of people counter what I say and say, oh, that won't be the same with me. You'll see. It'll be different. And then they're crying in my bed saying, you're a heartless, cold bitch. And I'm saying, look, Jack. Jack. I'm just using a name. I told you where this began and I would like you to leave now. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I told you and this is how I feel and now it's time to go. And so all we can do is be honest with each other. Yeah. I think that that's so important. Did I just veer I, way too off track? Am I so off here? No, no, no. We're oh, going to get back to, we're going to, we're going to, you're, you're two very lovely friends who are like, well, no, we're going to, we're going to get back to, to why aren't we? <laughs> um, but no, I, I, you know, for people listening, like I, from my perspective, I think that kind of honesty takes so much courage. And, you know, also I want to acknowledge that that takes a lot of courage for a woman. You know, we still live, we live in the society that we live in. It doesn't take that many men. It takes a very small number of men to be dangerous, violent, or or emotionally abusive, or just assholes. It doesn't take that many assholes to really make it scary for women to be upfront and honest, especially when it comes to rejection, reject, rejecting advances, especially, I think, rejecting sexual advances. Um, you know, I just want to acknowledge that the, the kind of courage it takes for you to do that. Um, and I know, you know, I, I, I can't just like scream into the internet. I wish more women were like this and have it happen. But I think for any women listening, at least from my perspective, I think that is a, is a, it, like, it's, it's not even about fairness or, or goodness, which I think it is good. And I think it is fair. I think mostly it's, it's a, it's a, it's a wise approach to trying to find emotional connection, right? And it's not easy. And I don't mean to say that it's easy. You make it look easy, but I don't think it is. I would wager Thank that you. there are times that it's hard it's for not, you. But- it's not easy, but I've realized at 32, radical honesty is kind of like a drug. It's hmm? so rare that it feels it's fun. You get a rush out of it by just being radically honest in the moment on a date. And it doesn't know, I'm not saying it works every single time. I have a list and I was asked on second dates by, uh, second dates by 28 out of the 30 men that I went on first dates with. <laughs> okay. Second, second date. And I dated, I had micro relationships with about five, six of those men. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm saying, look. Some something is working to the radical honesty. I encourage women and men to be radically honest. And frankly, the reason why I started is because my last three-year relationship that c- caused me to take that one-year hiatus that I took from dating, mm-hmm. there were so many skelet- skeletons that fell out of the closet over the course of the relationship in the first year. I was so disappointed to learn things that he should have told me on the first and first through third date. My therapist Mm -hmm. has a different opinion. She feels like people are entitled to their privacy, but it's like, if you were married previously, don't wait until month eight to tell someone that, you know, I felt like that was disrespectful. So that taught me something about being more upfront because I was thinking he is a reflection of me. He's mirroring me. Perhaps I'm not being as honest as I should be either. Hmm. 
So that's what triggered me to be and encourage myself to be radically honest. Now, of course, Mm. I'm not sitting here on a date being like telling them every single facet of my my reality and exposing all of this, you know, crazy whatever. I'm not saying there's a bunch of crazy shit in my life, but there there is a part of oversharing and there's a part of just being simply honest about what someone could potentially say, yes or no, this doesn't work for me or yes, this does work for me. Yeah. I I mean, you know, I would say on that real quick, and we, we do, we need to get back to why we're not dating. Um, but on that, like, I would almost say that I, 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 I do think it's a bit disrespectful to hide something like that from someone you're dating. But, but further than that, I think, um, I think it just indicates that you're, that it's someone who is, is, is that a two? They're giving you a two and you need, you need a nine, right? Because they're not putting, they're not putting in that energy to be like, it it takes work to kind of like crack yourself open and say like, listen, I'm going to try as best as I can to tell you who I am. And that's going to be imperfect because I'm not, I'm not, I'm still discovering who I am. I'm still changing. And I might not always have the words or the courage to find the words to tell you who I am, right? So somebody not telling you a major life event until that late in the game, that says to me that that person is also not doing that work of like cracking themselves open to be like, hey, look, this is is big, messy me. um, And I'm trying my best to let you know who I am so that I can connect with you. And I hope you're doing the same. Does that make sense? Exactly. A hundred percent. And that's why I valued you so much because you told me right on our first date, I was previously married. Yeah. Here's what happened. And you were also deeply respectful about your previous marriage, which is another thing that I look out for. When a man is telling me about a previous relationship, if I hear one bad thing come out of his mouth about the relationship, I mean, she could have been Satan. I don't care. Make sure to keep it respectful because now I'm wondering, did you make her crazy? Are you saying she's crazy because you made her that way? What's going on? And you were always right. so respectful when explaining, you know, the, your previous relationships and, and your previous marriage. So I really respected that about you. And that is why we are friends today, because that's a hard cutoff for me. If I hear the word bitch fly out of somebody's mouth when they're describing their quote unquote crazy ex, I... Mm. Uh, I won't get up and leave, but I'm noting that down on the cons list. Yeah. 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 That's a red flag. And thank you. It's giving me, it's giving me low key loser vibes. Yeah. Don't disrespect (laughs) someone you spent spent five years of your life with by saying she was not mother material or she was a raging bitch. It's just like, it's showing me that you're not over it and you're not, you're not being thoughtful about what you're saying to me. Yeah, to me, it, to me, that that's giving like there's still some unpacked trauma there. That absolutely, probably, and I'm not going to yeah. be your therapist or nurse about it. So good yeah. luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's get back to and and tie up the topic. Why why aren't we dating? I th- I think I think the interesting thing about it, kind of for for the listeners, might just be that like I think dating is hard. I think, I think, I, I don't think I was ever thinking to myself on the date with you, like, well, I've got another, you know, bunch of people who might match with me over the next couple of months. Like, I, I don't think I was ever thinking actively, like there are more people, but like, I, I think, let me put it this way. I, I think the way that I feel it, I think. I call I bullshit, think, Scott. 
Let's go. What? Let's get down to the nitty gritty. What's the real reason we didn't? Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. People want to hear. Why are we not dating? We I, talk well, so would, well. What's going on? It's on both sides. We're equally not making it happen in some way. Neither one of us have right. has ever texted the other person being like, do you want to come over? Do you want to do that? Da, da, da? You know, we're uh-huh. always like so We've friendly. hung out. Yeah, no, we've hung out. Oh, you mean, right, right, right. I would go as far as to say that we love each other as friends. Like, I so adore you. There is love in my heart for who you are as a human being getting to know you over the course of the year. Because we've now been friends for a year. Yeah. But the question, what is the nitty gritty detail behind why we are not together? And I'm also struggling to um, articulate what that is. I wish I could just like put a box around and be like, oh, this is why we're not. Yeah, I mean, maybe me too. We sh- maybe we should. Maybe we should go on another date and like make out and really find out because I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I mean, okay. There's, I think there's, there's a few interesting things to talk about. And I think a lot of those are like generalizable to, 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 to dating, which is kind of what I'm interested in. I, I don't mean to, well, you know, like, okay. I, I, I do think, I do think that like, I often feel that everybody out here on the dating market has a lot of options, right? And so I often feel like, well, I guess for me, and again, this might be the picky thing, but like maybe I set the bar too high to be like, there was this moment of like clicking, it works, we should, we should, we should see each other some more, right? That the chemistry, like that, whatever it is. Um, and also, but an, another part of it, like being, you know professionals in a, in a city uh schedules are hard and it's, it's it's a stupid excuse it's a stupid excuse but you know uh y- your dance card fills up um and, and, I, and i'm not saying i think and i'm not blaming um i'm certainly not placing blame on you for this at all but you are no but but you are like a socially active woman with a with a busy social schedule and i think to an extent <laughs> I think, um, I, did you, I think sometime after you were out of town again for a while? Yeah. I, I mean, our schedules were just all over the place. I've been very much bi-coastal amid the p- pandemic. So I've been, gosh, yeah. and then girlfriends want to travel. And then I was having those micro relationships. It's just, we didn't line up in a time where it was happening for both of us equally. But I think and- it had, I think we would have been more motivated had there been a real drive behind it and i just don't i could be speaking on behalf of myself but we just didn't get there enough for either of us to feel hyper compelled yeah to to make that leap of faith you know to make that leap of faith and cancel everything else exactly yeah right right so there's this thing there's this thing on on dating TikTok, and i'm sure it's elsewhere on the internet but there's this there's this thing of if if he wanted to he would right uh-huh. and and i think and i think i kind of don't love the phrase because like it's not very specific and and, and uh and it, it's a weird for me it's a weird feel it's it's a weird thing to say like wait for someone to do something because if they really like you enough they'll do the thing right um because i think I think this is another aspect where modern dating is just hard and it's like people are busy. Um, we're busy with work. We're like, we're a generation of people who are like super overworked, right? Like our, our jobs, if you're at a certain professional level, 
um, and I know you are, like your job is going to be asking a lot of you, right? You're going to be performing at like that, that level. And that's just like hours on your schedule, right? Um, and yes. like emotional bandwidth, even if you're, even if you're not busy on a night, there are just going to be nights. And, and I think this is what happened on our first date. There are just going to be nights when you're like, you know what? I am on, I'm running on fumes right now. I'm on empty. Exactly. I am, I'm not bringing my best self to a, to a first date, to a second date, to a third date. So I'm not oh, going to do that on. to someone else. No. You're spot on. That is what I texted you. I was like, I am running on fumes. I don't think I use those words, but I was emotionally maxed out for our first initial planned date. And you were so yeah. respectful about it. You, were, I was like, I'm not going to bring my best foot forward here. And I'd rather you meet me on a day when I just hadn't gotten out of 10 back-to-back meetings where I was like fighting for my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. absolutely. But I also want to call bullshit on the timing thing because- <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, everybody's busy. And yeah. also with the, if he wanted to, he would. A two is going to meet a two. A seven is going to meet a seven, whatever. Um, yeah. That factors in there. But for us, I think ultimately, I, I just think ultimately it came down to us not feeling enough of a draw toward each other romantically. Hmm. Am I wrong? I guess so. I mean, I, I that had to be I, been it, or else we would have cleared our schedules. We would have, yeah, done it. And I, I mean, of course, you followed up all the time with we should hang out. We should hang out. And we did. We did hang out, but we're not. We, we hung out and we talked. We talked and we developed a friendship, and that's I, ultimately we what we transitioned into. I'm not saying it couldn't go elsewhere. You know, who's <laughs> to say? But I'm just saying. That's eventually what happened based on our schedules and how we felt and what it morphed into. Yeah. I, you and know, I think I, we just left it up to that natural progression. Yeah. And and I'm like, in a way, in a way, I think we a lot of people, and I think I do this, but like I I think we're looking for that natural organic feeling progression for a romantic relationship, right? And I think I think the modern dating culture doesn't really allow for that. You know? I think I think it doesn't because like, you know, like I'm saying, I, I'm I'm kind of a slow burn and I am, you know? Like I remember when you said I remember standing in your lobby and you basically laid it out for me. You laid out your your thing and you're like, look, if I sleep with someone on the first date um, this, I, I'm not, I, I tend to not be interested. Like you just laid out for me and I really respected that. I don't even think we smooched on our first date. I think I was, cause I'm not a big first date kisser kind of guy. I'm a very, like I said, I'm kind of a slow burn. Totally. We and didn't, I, we, we held hands and had a lovely romantic evening. Uh, yeah. we held hands all the way home and it was, there was a romance aspect to it. And I think mm. it could have, if both of us pushed in that direction <laughs> further, or if I perhaps moved you and I don't want to just be so brazen to say that I could have gotten you to, I could have brought you upstairs. <laughs> okay. You probably could have. I, I think I could have, you know what uh -huh. I mean? Um, and I think that we both could have if we were both pushing it in that direction. Right. And you know what the sad part about that is, is that I don't think we'd be where we are right now in this sort of friendship. So I'm so glad that we yeah. let it be more organic. And yeah. 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 That's really sweet. I like that a lot. And, but I think like, you know, for the listeners, for, for anybody who's listening after, you know, hour, after an hour and 27 minutes of us talking about this, um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, like I think, 
one of the big reasons that I that I'm that I'm trying to do put out content about this is just to kind of like remind people that like it's hard. Like it is dating now is not what dating was a generation ago or even I think probably 10 years ago. I think there's a lot of things moving around and I think the internet has impacted how dating works um, in a way that's just not going to go back. And I think, I think it's complicated in ways that are hard to unpack. And I'm so glad that you and I are, are having this kind of conversation and trying to unpack it because like, there's a real tendency if he wanted to he would think you know i think there's a real tendency to be like oh there's a simple solution for this like with humans hearts love uh it's easy you know like there's a there's a real there's a real draw to the cut and dry life is simpler than you think the hard truth is the truth and that's it there's a real draw to that and I, and i get that and oftentimes you know oftentimes simple explanations are the best ones but i think with and I could be biased because I'm in it myself, but I think with modern dating, like I think it's more complicated than, than a lot of people give it credit for right now, you know? And, and I think, I think the reason it is so hard for people is that it's, it can be hard to wrap your head around it. Like I, I put in a lot of time and effort and I like downloaded nice. my data from the apps and I talked to a lot of people about it and I'm still piecing it together, you know? Yes. And I think, you know, if, if like, so you and I, whatever happened and, and i can't rem- well so you and i not going on a second date right and, and i think this is correct like i don't think it, it i don't think we didn't go on the second date because either of us saw a bunch of red flags on the first date or because either of us no. No. right i think i think it was a situation where we probably should have gone on that second date but life kind of intervenes or like the timing isn't right or i agree it, it, maybe it could have just been that, I mean, honestly, it could have just been that I was, and I, I frankly, I can't remember, but it could have just been that like, I might've just been emotionally exhausted. Like I, I might've just said to myself, like, you know what? I don't have the gas in the tank right now to do this. And mm-hmm. sometimes for me, that happens. Sometimes when I was dating on the app, sometimes- all the time, all the time. Well, <laughs> yeah. Even you, you with have a much higher- dates, No, no, no. Even with the 30 dates in six months, I was, I'm not going to say that whole process was easy. I've I yeah. love dating, as I told you. It's a blast for me. I so enjoy it. But of course, it was exhausting. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's tough, listeners. And I should have had. Hang in there. Let me also add. By the way, for the listeners, I didn't set out to have thirty dates in six months. I didn't write a plan that said I'm going on thirty dates in six months. I just simply organically had thirty dates in six months. I should have had closer to 75 dates in six months, but I canceled uh, and rescheduled a bunch of them. And I gave the men options to not see me again. If I canceled, I I said the same thing to you because I was exhausting. I couldn't get through the full 75 or however many were actually scheduled. So again, it wasn't some plan for 30 in in six months. It was just as many dates, as many people as I could, and it would have been a higher number if I could have really emotionally got there, but it was so exhausting. It was exhausting, and you're completely right about that. I, I, I mean, you have a, a, a stronger constitution for, for that kind of thing than I do, for sure, because for me, like, if it ever happens that I end up having like two dates in the same weekend it just knocks me over. Um, like I, yeah. I have to not do that. Um, 
I have to like, I have to do like a date. A date every week is a lot for me. A date every other week is maybe about right. A date every month is like, that's comfy. When you um, say it knocks you over, do you mean because you're absorbing energy and reflecting on what was said or what do you mean by it knocks you over? Great question. Um, I just mean that afterwards I know I'm going to be exhausted. Um, I'm, pr- I'm probably going to be not bringing my best self to the second date. I'm probably not going to be bringing my best self to the first date now, just knowing that I'm like staring down a double header. I just kind of get, I try to like pace myself. Exhausted um, in that you've built up hope based on the communication prior or exhausted in that that's where you're at in your life and you're just balancing so much with work and your home and taking care of yourself physically and mentally or where does the exhaustion stem from? Great question. I think all those things, the, the, the emotional buildup of like, will this be an amazing connection? Um, the, the, the emotional work of like making sure that the date goes well. Um, it's sometimes it's like carrying a conversation, uh, but like just the logistics of like making the date go well, I always want to, you know, make sure that it goes smoothly. Um, and then kind of the, the, the energy that it takes afterwards to figure out if there should be a second date to send a message, if it shouldn't be a second date to say, thank you. It was nice to meet you. I don't like letting things fizzle. I always sort of send sure. a like, wish I you all too. the best. Uh-huh. Um, which by the way, I don't think we did. I don't think either you and I did the. No, because neither one of us, again, I can only speak on behalf of myself, but I never felt this need to shut you down. We Hmm. left the door open. The door has been left open for the last year because (laughs) we just, we, it morphed into a friendship. And then also we just weren't totally sure. We weren't totally sure what we were doing. Right? I guess. I, I mean, I there guess never, honestly, it's been a minute. Yeah, there was never any need to sort of define no thank you, had a good time, yeah. but no thanks. It yeah. was just like we had a really great time. And like, what else can we talk about? When do you want to get sushi? Like, when do you want to hang? Whenever one of us yeah. is sick, it's like, do you want me to DoorDash you food? I just had a <laughs> yeah. surgery, and Scott's like, as soon as you get home, please call me if you need anything. It's just that's what our <laughs> relationship has develop into yeah yeah and and i think um well you know like for the, the emotional exhaustion thing like um you know sending the sending the thank you but no thank you message um you know the it's whole tough, thing just ends up being yeah. a lot yeah i also if i could re- relieve you and just pull this pre-date anxiety off of your chest i so would because from my experience with you you nail a first date. I mean, it seems really effortless on your end. And that could be again from your background in theater and, (laughs) you know, you're trained, you're a Juilliard trained professional and you do that for work (laughs) and all of these things. I'm just saying you don't need to worry about that aspect. You are bringing your best self. At least you did with me. I mean, of course I can't speak on behalf of the other situations and dates you've been in, but I think I think our first you date. You could just show as you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think our first date. I I was good. There's only there have only been a few instances where I've had dates 
fall on the same in the same week. And usually it's because there's someone who I've been sort of playing text tag with who like eventually gets back to me because like in my experience, the women that I tend to match with on the apps or whatever are super duper busy. Um, and it yes. just, it feels like they have a lot of options and I think it's cause they do. And also they're busy, like, because life is busy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not begrudging anyone that, and I'm right. def- certainly not begrudging them having, having options. Cause you know. Um, and you know, you're not wrong now because when I showed you my phone, I showed you <laughs> Tinder and you yeah. saw that I had 10,000 waiting matches for me. Well, and okay. So we're at an hour and a half. Tinder. Do you want to go long on this one? Cause that's, that's the next topic. Okay. Let's uh, let's save it, or what do you think? Because I don't know how the attention span of people are. This, this yeah, feels long. This feels long. Let's put it. Yeah, the, we 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 went deep on this one. Let's save that one. Well, I'll okay. have to have you back on again. Um, okay. Uh, in the audience. Next time can, on camera. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Fun. Um, and then, uh, well, yeah, we'll save it for the next one because, yeah, I th- I, I do think we should talk about. Um, I, th- I think it's, imp- I think it's good for many women to talk about like how many matches they get, how many likes they get, how the apps work for them, because I think it's a really, it's something that's very different that I think, uh, makes it hard to connect because the context is so different. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was the thing before about well, what I wanted um, to say is, is I haven't matched with mm-hmm. 10,000 people. I'm not a massive swiper. I'm a selective yeah. swiper. But in my queue, so Twilio, yeah. uh, Twilio, uh, Twitter actually granted me a free access. This is Tinder. This is, this is Tinder. Tinder yeah. granted me the premium access. They're like, we see you're a great user of our uh-huh. app. Here's your free membership to use the uh-huh. premium benefits. And so I get uh-huh. to see in my queue that I have. 10,000 people waiting to match with me. So I wanted uh-huh. folks to understand that first of all, I'm not bragging. Okay. Yeah. No, Second, I, I don't think you I'm are. So hes- I was so hesitant to say that last time, but you're the one that encouraged me to show that there is perhaps a disparity with some uh, men and women in matches. Yeah. But secondly, I'm not a swiper of all. I do swipe with intention. And so that's just something lingering in my queue that I have visibility yeah. into. No, yeah, I, I, I think it, I think it is really awesome that you are that you're willing to talk about that, and I, and I appreciate you for that. Um, but yeah, let's dig into that next time. So the next time on the Taylor and Scott show, um, we'll talk about <laughs> talk about how many how many likes women get, how many likes men get, how the apps work differently. Um, awesome. Uh, well, thank you for having me back. I oh so appreciate you having me back. This is a blast, and I always love seeing your face. I can't wait to see you when I get back. I cannot yeah. wait to hear about New York. Yeah. And, and you'll talk about New York. I'm and you're so going to go to New York soon. You. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you about it before I go. So TBD on that. But I'm, I'm just so proud of you for continuing on with this uh, artistic journey with podcasting and, <laughs> and thankful to have someone to do this with whenever you want me here. Oh, oh my gosh. Like it's, I, I would, I would love for this to be the Taylor and Scott show. I think we have a lot of interesting <laughs> thoughts on it. And, um, yeah, like I said, thank you for for contributing, for being so honest, for being vulnerable here, um, for it's being my awesome. Pleasure. Thank and you. yeah, I, thank you for contributing because I like, I do like, you know, I, I think this thing is one small voice. Like, it's not going to ever be a huge podcast or whatever. But like, I don't know. I, I think it's good to put 
I think it's good to, to, to contribute to the conversation because I think this is complicated stuff. I think it's new. And so many of the voices out there trying to give people guidance on modern dating are like coming from a really toxic place. Like whether they're weirdo dudes with like crazy hangups about women who are like, oh, by the way, also selling some weird online course, like they're just selling <laughs> snake oil, you know, yeah, um, absolutely. and it's really, it's really negative. Yeah. I agree with everything you just said, other than this not reaching a lot of people. I envision this hitting millions. I okay. see us with, I see you with sponsorships. Uh huh. Thanks for I'll buying selling a Casper, mattresses. Casper yeah. mattress. Oh my God. I love that I just said that and you said the same thing. Uh, All yeah, the no, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see this getting big. You are, you're special. You're something special. This is something special. And I see it going places. You're well, going places. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're amazing. Um, Thank you. And yeah, we always wrap up here by uh, yes. uh, telling the audience that we wish them all the best. So we hang in there, everybody. All the best. And we'll, um, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Say bye, Taylor. <laughs> bye, guys. Talk again soon.